are listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. All right, there we go. It is happy hour. It's time for the Man Cave Happy Hour, Whiskey, Cigar, Spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Matt Fox. Hey, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) What's in the glass, Matt? Uh, Bourbon. Bourbon. What's in your glass, Jamie? Tasting it on a Tuesday. It's bourbon. (laughs) It's uh, Tasting Tuesday with uh, Joe Lewis Bourbon. And uh, we've been doing these. uh, Happy to be here. Back with you guys. You're the best. You're the best hosts that I know. <laughs> well, thanks, man. Yeah, you guys. Seriously, he is our. He is. We are his favorite man cave happy hour hosts ever. <laughs> ever. You know, of all of all the man cave happy hour hosts that Joe Lewis Bourbon and Victory Spirits Marketing have worked with over the years, uh, you guys are definitely the best. Well, that is gracious, Michael. Thank you for uh, keeping the party rolling with us. And uh, Charles is with us. Charles. Um, author of uh, Detroit City of Champions. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for hanging out in the on the Tasting Tuesday here with us. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get a little jazzy today, Charles. Um, we didn't mention it to you, but uh, we are we are going to uh, have a couple of guests joining us. And uh, Matt, do you got the four one one on uh, who's who's hanging out with us today? Um, you know, uh, Mike was telling me a little bit about our guest today, Mr. Joe Gransden. Um, you don't hear about a lot of live jazz musicians these days anymore, do you? you no, know, you've got your you got your big ones out there. You've got your Harry Connicks. You've got your your Bublés. You got your uh, oh Elvis Costello, his wife. Um, what is her name? Diana Krall. Thank you. I was you know, gonna you, say you, Mrs. Costello. Mrs. Costello, yeah. But, Mrs. Um, Costello. No, yeah, I love. Yeah. I, oh, I love Diana Krall. <laughs> My dad you know, is a big I, Diana Krall fan. Shame on me for forgetting her name because she. I just love her voice. But you know, you know, I am so excited to get to meet Mr. Joe Gransden this afternoon. And Mike, you you've known Joe for a long period of time. Have God, I have. Yeah, you know, it's funny how um, your passions become your vocation. Uh, I <laughs> have been a long time fan of uh, jazz music and crooners, and well beyond my years, I was always into you know big band and Sinatra and all that stuff. And so, but. 11 years ago, I uh, had, I was driving in my car, listening to the radio, and there was a promotion for a live big band jazz radio broadcast on mm. a set on a Monday night. I'm like, a Monday night? And I said, and I, then I heard where it was. And I said, that's like a, half a mile from where I live. <laughs> so I walk in there, and it's this dumpy little jazz club that was packed to the gills. And this 16-piece big band is 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 there playing amazing. But then the guy who's the, you know, the leader gets up and he's basically like the most amazing stage presence I've ever met ever experienced. So I became, I was a fan for years before I got to know him and then, you know, became a stalking fan, I guess, stalker. Uh, And um, we ended up working together. Um, We put together some promotions. I helped him. The big band had gone up to New York city to uh, play the blue note about five years ago for the first time. And I went up there with him and we helped and we did some promotion and sponsored things. And, you know, he's become a good friend, but honestly, uh, he's still, uh, I'm still 
that's why I listen to on my, on my CDs, on my radio. That's whenever I'm looking at what I want to go for live music, I'm trying to figure out where he's playing. So another little side story is that a few years ago, uh, in, uh, as we were developing another brand, the Victory Spirits, or working with another brand, you know, he man, can you get me? I'd love to be have a scotch brand or a bourbon brand as a sponsor. Uh, and, uh, you know, so we worked out a deal for the past year and a half. He has been um, um, working with Gentry Bourbon, which was a, uh, is a long story distressed brand. Uh, and we were repos- we've been repositioning that as the, the jazz bourbon. Um, but, uh, I think it's time for a new chapter in the, in the Joe Granston connection with bourbon. Now he's texting me trying to get on. He's having that age old issue of the password not working, but I have sent him the link. So hopefully he will be here. Um, so also today we're going to talk about something else while we're waiting. Uh, I think you all know that, you know, really why we're doing these, uh, is because we can't, do any other events. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we yeah. can't do anything else. <laughs> we have no choice to, to stick with you guys. No. So why we're doing these is because it's all, this all started out as let's get the word out about Joe Lewis bourbon in Michigan. Uh, as we release this product uh, amid the shutdowns uh, and I'm waiting for the update here, but yeah. we've been breaking sales records with this product, uh, which is pretty yeah. phenomenal. Um, but one of the ways that we've been, helping it's the people of Michigan that are making really making it happen. Um, but one of the things we've been doing is we've, we've really developed a pretty uh, aggressive and um, somewhat sophisticated uh, content marketing and digital targeting campaign. Um, that is something that was always in the plan, but it wasn't necessarily the only part of the plan. And now it is the only part of the plan. Um, so a little bit later on, we're going to be joined by a couple of guys from uh pretty cool ad tech company that I've been working with and developing concepts. And we just rolled out um, uh, a new kind of, uh, a new kind of targeted campaign uh, yesterday in, in Detroit. And they're going to, they're going to share with it with us. And, uh, and it's cool. I mean, everybody knows about Facebook stories and Instagram stories and how they've really become the thing, um, you know, a little bit more meat than a meme, a little bit more d- depth, a little bit more interactivity and relevance. And hmm. so um uh, not only are we going to be doing more stories, but um, with this technology, those stories are not going to just appear on social feeds. They're going to appear in everybody's devices or in proximity to a liquor store. Oh, it's kind of like Gadar oh. for your booze. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm over here. Come take me home. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, but we're talking, we're going to talk to Joe coming up. But uh, Charles, um, music in Detroit, right? That uh, the 1930s um, kind of things were changing from things were changing in Detroit musically from the big bands to more of a cabaret thing, and it was uh, they, it was like uh, called the the Paradise Valley era of music in Detroit. Sure. Um, and there was a big, do you, do you have, I mean, I mean, your focus is sports, Detroit, uh, city of champions. Um, do you touch on the, uh, do you touch on that at all on, on the, uh, paradise? Valley? Uh, you know, not, not, I mean, I don't, I, I just kind of give a little, just a little, I try to set like the uh, context of the times, you know? Yeah. Um, I think, I think one of the interesting things about this era is that it's, it's, uh, the end of prohibition. Um, 1934 was the first day that, uh, that new year's, new year's day, 1934 was the first day that 
um, anybody in America consume could consume any li- any liquor or beer legally. And mm. so it's uh, you know it's like it's like you know the Great Depression it hit, so it's kind of like well if they're miserable at least let them let get let's make it legal <laughs> for them to drink their sorrows away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I thought one of the great stories was that in 1933 when they they actually legalized beer, uh, I think it was I forgot it was July. It was early July. I don't think it was the fourth. I think it was like the second of July of 1933 was the was the first day that beer was legalized. And so, uh, and the, I thought it was interesting because uh, Budweiser, the first oh uh, Budweiser, Clydesdale horses, uh, dropped off a, a keg of beer for the White House on that day. Oh. Like on the, on the, I thought that was a great. That was great. Like it's the, the first day it was legalized, they dropped off a keg of beer at the White House. You know, thanking them for <laughs> bringing beer back. So, but anyways, as far as the music scene and all that, um, it's, you know, I, I know jazz was you know getting there. You know, the, the cabaret style, whatever. But uh, um, I yield that stage to um, you know, especially if you have some guests that can enlighten us, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I apologize for dropping off, uh, but I had a little internet issue here, as we as as tends to happen in this COVID uh, routine. So yeah. I don't know if even Joe Granston has formally been introduced. No, we were- yes, he just popped in and uh, got to welcome you, uh, Mr. Granston. Joe, thank you for joining us this afternoon. Uh, the Man Cave Happy Hour, Joe Lewis Bourbon, Victory Spirits. Hey, we're all here to have a great conversation. <laughs> we are. Oh, we are. Thank you. I'm in. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, we hear yeah. you. And I saw the picture you sent me a little while ago, so I know you're already – oh, I see the bottle there. You've already you're enjoyed a little bit of Joe. I got a cigar. I got a Joe Lewis bourbon. I got uh, my manager here, Scotty. He's drinking bourbon. Johnny Scatina from Cafe 290. We're all drinking Joe Lewis bourbon right now. We're going to get up and box in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will. <laughs> well, that's cool. So you're you're at Cafe 290. So the the, the I was telling you guys earlier that uh, you know when I first uh, dis, dis, discovered Joe, it was by stumbling into Cafe 290 uh, in in Sandy Springs, north of Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, and, and he, he and his big band have been there. That's been their home base for going on 11 years, I guess. That's minus right. minus two months. That you haven't been there. <laughs> I'm here sweeping and cleaning up now. I'm still here, <laughs> not performing. No, the place is closed. So I, I did want to, uh, you know, I shared with these guys before you got on, uh, Joe, that a little bit of our, uh, uh, you know, not a lot about you, but a little bit more about me. No, that's the way it goes. No. Um, but uh, the fact that uh, we've been working together with on Gentry Bourbon, and Gentry Bourbon had um, chosen you to uh, kind of be the face. And, and to wrap some promotions around in the Atlanta area, um, and, and as they were kind of re-expanding, but um, we're we're ready for a new chapter in that, uh, and uh, and that's I'm excited to have you join us on the podcast and get people to know a little bit about you. And I, I made this this light bulb went off in my head after I handed the bottle off to you, which was that not only is it meet the other meet another Joe, right? It's Joe meet Joe. But it's, you, you know, Joe Lewis, the brand, we've positioned this and, and it's really important part of the, the legacy is inspiring a new generation of champions. And, and when I think of you, uh, aside from being an amazing entertainer, I think of how you inspire a new generation of musicians and also musical appreciation. Very interesting. I like that. Yeah. I, you know, I like that. I mean, you know, I, um, 
I'm really into the arts, of course, and I, and, and I love education just as much as I love performing. So, so inspiring young students is, is probably one of the most important things to me. I think that um, uh, what's interesting about my career is it, it was fifth or sixth grade when we had a professional trumpet player named Alan Vizzuti. He came to my school, my middle school, and he was the guest artist with our band. And I'll never forget the fact that I was a hockey player at the time, too. This is in Buffalo, New York, where I grew up. Oh, okay. Wow. That okay, is hockey well. town, man. That's yeah. Oh, that's man. Yeah, yeah. I was a hockey nut. And, and in order to play this concert, my band and, and back up this guest artist, I had to miss a hockey game. Oh. And I remember uh, uh, throwing a fit to my parents, you know, because hockey was my love. Sports was my love. And, uh, but they, they made me go to this commitment with the band. And uh, we went to this rehearsal. And Alan Bazzuti got up there and he played the trumpet at the rehearsal. And I'll never forget, uh, I had tears in my eyes. And it, it, this was sixth grade, I guess. And I told my mother, who was sitting right next to me at rehearsal, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. And this guy changed my life instantly. I had never heard the horn played that way. And, and when I see him nowadays, now that I'm an adult and, and, and making a living as a musician, I always tell him that he's the reason why I, I I do this for a living. And he always says, I'm so sorry, man. <laughs> but anyway, that that's kind of the reason why I, I, I believe in the education system. And I believe in inspiring young artists to, to, um, you know, uh, find the creative ways. It doesn't have to be trumpet. It doesn't even have to be jazz, but just music in general is my life. And, and, uh, and it is a, it is a pleasure to be here with all you guys. Michael has spoken very highly of everybody and, and uh, yeah, the comeback, man, it's good. Yeah. Well, it's because we drink every time I've met with them. So I, I don't know really what I'm saying. But I, I did put together something uh, and a little uh, a little tribute uh, to you. Not a tribute to you, but don't get too carried away. But uh, let me share the page, and I'm going to share this. Can you see that video loop window? Yeah. Let yeah. see if I can. I'm going to turn the phone side. <laughs> That's what we're talking about here. You're going to be seeing more of that. You made so me look skinny. Joe, you were talking a little bit about <laughs> inspirations. <laughs> Joe, you were talking a little bit about inspiration not too long ago and, you know, what inspired you. But what are some of your other inspirations? Where do you get some of your um, your stylings from? Is it some, what, Dizzy Gillespie maybe or Louis Armstrong? Where, where do you tap into musically for for uh, for the music? Well, um, with the music – especially jazz music that's very yeah. creative and, and deals with improvisation. Um, it, it, it has to, it has to hit me right. And as a kid growing up in, in, in New York, my father, who's a wonderful piano player and uh, singer, jazz musician, and, and my mother was a great choreographer. They always had music playing in the house, whether it was Nat King Cole or Frank Sinatra, or Chet Baker, or Dizzy Gillespie. So um, I, I could tell which ones kind of hit me, hit me in the soul. And I could tell which ones I didn't really, uh, I didn't dislike them, but it, it wasn't doing the thing for me. So some of my inspirations growing up and still to this day are Chet Baker. I love Chet Baker. Frank Sinatra is probably my my biggest inspiration with regards to um, uh, phrasing a song, singing a song, um, selling a song to an audience. Yeah. Um, 
I love you have Disney to connect, Yes. <laughs> yeah, you got to connect. You yeah. got, and and uh, early in my career, I was not connecting with the crowd. I was so scared. I would get up there and sing or play and, mm-hmm. and do my best just to get through the song. And my father, who was very honest, told me early on that, that um, you know, you practice a lot and, you, and you're good at what you do, but you're not connecting with the crowd. And until that happens, you know, you're never going to you're never going to get anywhere. And here it is all these years later. And I still haven't gotten anywhere. But oh, my come on. oh stop. you know, the good, the, it's like one of those double edged swords. Right. Um, some, some, on some ways, you know, you, you know, I'm glad you're still here locally so I can see you. All your fans can see you. Um, but you do a lot of you, you get out there. You tour. We talked about, you know, Blue Note and you've done some pretty big gigs over the years. I've been um, I've been fortunate. And, and uh, you know, there's two ways to go in this business. First of all, you can you can you can you can really hit and you could be a big superstar. You could be a Harry Connick Jr. Well, Michael Bublé, and and you're out on the road, and you're out on the road for months and months at a time, and you're making a great living, and it, and it's wonderful. But but if if that's not what happens to you as a leader, as a performer in the jazz world, the next thing that happens is that you end up being a sideman on somebody else's band. Mm. And when that happens, you're still out there, you're still out there doing it, but maybe you're not quite making the living that warrants a, a guy my age now being away from my family. So what I decided um, a number of years ago was that. I'm doing well and everything is fine. And I have records out there and I get to play high profile gigs quite often, but I don't have an, a, a tour with a tour bus and 50 people on the road with me. I don't have that kind of career. So I said to myself and my wife, I'm going to do my best locally and in the Southeast to stay as busy as I can stay so that I'm home with, with my wife and my son as much as possible. And then I get to go out and play these, these, wonderful golf tournaments and, and these gigs at those things and, and New York city and wherever I go once in a while. So I probably travel about a month a year where some of my friends are gone eight, nine months a year. Wow. And uh, yeah. I, I, it's really not for me unless it's, unless I'm the leader and, and it's my show all the time, you know? So I like, the, I like the path that I took. So some people have discovered you along the way. Yes. Any names ring a bell? <laughs> um, I've been very lucky uh, in that regard too. I remember playing um, a gig for Clint Eastwood out in California. Oh, get off my lawn! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget um, uh, having a few too many bourbons one night and, and send, sending Clint a CD of mine, and just simply saying that I'm a fan of his, and if he ever needs a, a jazz trumpet player, I'd be happy to come out there. And getting a call. Two or three weeks later, from uh, his wife Dina Eastwood, and 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 I didn't believe it was her, uh. <laughs> but I could hear my CD in the background, and and then all of a sudden I heard Clint say, "Hello, Joe," you know? <laughs> and it worked, and he hired me, and he brought me out there to play a gig, and I was the opening act on this performance for Kenny G, oh. and and Clint suggested that Kenny and G and I play a tune together, and Kenny's wonderful, and we and Kenny and I became great friends, and after that performance, Kenny had me. My wife and I flew back on a private jet to his house in Malibu, and we stayed there for two weeks, and we wrote a whole record, and it was fun. We were, it's called Close to My Heart, and Kenny G produced the whole thing. So through Clint, I met Kenny, and then things, things have gone very well since then. That's fantastic. You know, you know, things happen for a reason. They really do. You know, yeah. and uh, you, you, have, you have the heart and soul for it, and you keep pushing forward. Yeah, you know, you know, you, you know to have Clint Eastwood on your side is pretty freaking cool, to be honest with you, but, you know... You know, I, I you tasted the Joe Louis bourbon, and before Mike pops back on, I, I would like to know what your thoughts around the juice of the Joe Louis bourbon, because I know you've been sipping on a little bit, yeah. And, and you you have to play a trumpet at the same time. 
So how do you balance those two <laughs> together? <laughs> well, I um I I I, I balanced it well. <laughs> the more the more I do it, but I I switched I switched about two years ago from a uh, regular Johnny Walker Black drinker. Mm. That was my drink, a Scotch Johnny Walker Black. I put it in my cereal. I put it in my coffee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love Johnny Walker Black, and 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 I met Michael, and we we started working with Gentry Bourbon, and I and I started um, tasting and sipping different bourbons, and realized how much I like bourbon and what I've been missing. Um, I, I thought Gentry was a good bourbon, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily for me. It wasn't the greatest thing that I ever tasted, and and so I was very excited to to open this up and taste it. And my buddy Scotty, who just walked outside, is a bourbon. He knows everything about every bourbon there is. He's just fantastic at it. And it just so happens that he's here today, helping me out for this this show that we're putting together. He's he's kind of my part time manager. And then Johnny Scatina also loves bourbon, so we opened this bottle, and and Johnny um, Scotty's first reaction was, "This is slamming." Before I even took a sip, he said, this is slamming. So Johnny Scatina and I were excited to taste it. And I really like it. I think it's got a, got a real full body to it. And uh, it, it, it drinks real smooth. I'm, I'm, I, I popped a cigar. So I'm, I'm now, chilling tonight. And now, I'm gonna, my, next, my next Joe Lewis bourbon in, in about 10 minutes is going to be uh, neat without any ice. And I'm going to smoke the cigar and try that. But it's certainly, certainly wonderful. I see you have a lighter wrapper cigar there as well. And, you know, with the bourbon, let's like, that's got that sweetness to it. Like the Joe Lewis bourbon does for me. I, I would think, you know, personally a lighter wrapped cigar, a uh, lighter wrapper would be better in that regard. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you. I, I'm not, I'm not um, well-versed yet on cigars. It's kind of a new thing for me, but I've really been enjoying that whole yeah. side of things too. And after, and after I, two I like, years, Joe, after two years of doing this, that's all I've learned so far about cigars <laughs> and bourbon. So you're, you're a good company. You're, you're just fine. I've been I've been dipping the end of the thing in the bourbon lately. I like that. There too. you go. That's oh, yeah. nice. That's so good. how do you how do you uh, uh, deal with smoking cigars and having amazing lung capacity? <laughs> if I if I smoke a cigar before I have to perform, I'm in trouble. Um, so I never do that, but I will have one once or twice a week after a performance. Yeah. It really does, especially if I have to sing, it really does affect, um, what's going on in here, you know? So I can't, I can't really do it. I just enjoy it once in a while. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really inhale it too much. So I don't, I, it doesn't really mess with my lungs, but it can get my throat and I can't well, say. I wouldn't even think that because you're not just the singing, but I, one of the things that those of us who know you that you're famous for is the world holding the world's longest note vocally. <laughs> and you know, I don't know where the hell that air air hose is coming in your behind to keep the lungs full, but somewhere it's got to be. I've been looking for that trick for years, trying to figure out how. Where's the air coming from? I don't know how I can. I don't know what why I can do that. You know, with the trumpet, there's something called circular breathing, and uh, it's 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 as you're playing the trumpet, you put air in your cheeks, and then you hold the air in your cheeks, and then you use the, the muscles to push that air out. And as you do it, you sneak a quick breath in with your nose. I'll show you. Now, I'm not great at it, but I could do that for six hours. But when you're singing, you, it's impossible. You can't, you can't do that because you're, you're, you know, the voice, the vocal cords are down here and the air is up, you know, coming out here. So you cannot circular breathe. And one day on a gig, I just tried to hold a note a long time. And I was able to do it. There's no resistance or very little resistance. So I don't know why I can do that. But Michael's right. That's kind of my shtick. And I do that in every show. And, and then what else do you do? Then, then halfway, he's like this. 
Yeah, and he's looking at his watch, and he's like, "My ten-year-old son does that too. He imitates me holding the watch." Uh-huh. Up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should tell everybody why, why, why you're at Cafe Two Ninety now because it's closed. I'm at Cafe Two Ninety, which is uh, we call it Atlanta's legend in jazz. It's one of the top jazz clubs, probably in the country, but certainly in the southeast. And and the owner John, who's sitting next to me, gave me a shot. 10, 11 years ago, more than that, 12 years ago, when I started this big band, nobody has big bands. Very few clubs have big bands because there's no money in it. That music is is not popular anymore. And there's so many musicians on stage to pay. My band is eight, 17 people. So he gave me a chance and it worked. And for the past 11 and a half year, or almost 11 years of playing time, uh, we've had packed houses every time we perform here. Mm-hmm. And since since COVID hit, obviously he's been shut down and, and, and I've been shut down. So we decided... I guess about a week and a half ago to uh, uh, put together a live stream fundraiser for the club with my full big band. Oh, nice. <clears throat> so for the past two hours, we set up the stage. Maybe I can walk over there in a little while and show you and, and spread everybody out. All 17 of us. Yeah, normally they're stage. sitting like this. Yeah. Yeah. Normally we got to lose weight just to play the gig, but, <laughs> but we're, we're about seven or eight feet apart and Saturday night at eight o'clock, um, there's a company here in Atlanta called the big green egg. You've probably heard of the big green egg. Wonderful, wonderful company. And one of the uh, top guys in that company is a jazz nut and he loves Johnny Scatina and he loves cafe Two Ninety. So they're, they're kind of producing it, producing it for us. And we're going to try and raise some money so he can keep the doors open. And what we're going to try to do is we're going to uh, uh, tap into that and simulcast it on Joe Lewis uh, Bourbon Facebook. Oh, as well. great. And uh, I don't know if you guys, Man Cave Happy, I want to jump yeah. in on that as well. But we you're will. Detroit. But, you know, we're, we're connecting them. We're, you know, we're making a relationship here between Detroit and Atlanta. Oh, heck yeah. yeah so, yeah. Joe, you, you said that you, uh, you through that happenstance of uh, just kind of saying hi to Clint and then hooking up with Kenny G and you, you, you produ- he helped you produce that album. When you write a song, um, these songs that, on this album, are they original compositions of yours? I do write um, uh, some songs. It, that's not my, um, it's not my first love, playing okay. the trumpet and singing entertaining is. So uh, some musicians, their whole record will be original compositions. My records have one or two. Um, the record I did with Kenny G, now Kenny G and I and Walter Afanasiev, we did write seven or eight of those songs. Wow. And that was a real thrill for me. Um, on our newest record, Go Get a, uh, I wrote a couple of the songs, but in general, they're covers of songs that you've heard before that have been rearranged, um, fresh updated arrangements by my arranger, Wes Funderburg. And they're great, man. It's, it's like it's like listening to um, uh, the old big bands, but it's not an old sound. You know, it doesn't right. sound like an old time thing. It sounds fresh and new. And, and uh, I love it, man. I, I just I'm so excited. I record every year if I had the budget for it. So I, I love I love the big band. I love the big band sound. You know, I'm a old punk rock boy, uh, and you know, Stray Cats and you know, Nine Inch Nails, Sisters of Mercy, Iggy Pop. Uh, but then Brian Setzer starts doing big band, and I'm like, oh my god! All right, he is my spirit animal. Here we go. Um, and and so it's it, it, I think people around our age, around my age. Um, you know, they, they like the, the, the rock and the punk rock, but then there's this affinity for, uh, that cocktail culture and the big band, jai, you know, vibe and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, I, I think it's all kind of tied in. Um, I think it's, I, I really, I like the, I like the way things, uh, tie together. Um, so I, you know, Jamie, you hit it, the cocktail culture. There's really no separation. If you think about it, everything from Rat Pack, to you know it's all cocktail culture i mean how many songs joe have to do with 
booze a lot. <laughs> love, yeah. love, and love and booze. That's right. That's it, right? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, and uh, nobody could sing it better than Frank, right? And Dean Martin and those guys. But, and yeah. I was going to ask you about that because there's that song, the Sinatra song, that's the number two cut on Gogeta. That's that was you didn't write that, but that was written for you, or uh, no, it wasn't written for me, but it was written recently. It's called Sinatra, and what a great song it is! And it's it is great. It's song. All, yeah, it's all about Frank Sinatra and this guy that we love, but it's not it's not an old style song. It was written um, by Larry Kirchner and and oh Tex Arnold not too long ago. I think the first guy that recorded it was um, one of the one of the young men that won or or placed in like America's Got Talent maybe eight years ago, or one of those reality shows. Yeah. I think Barry Manilow's recorded it. And, um, and and I did a version of it. I love that song. Man. That's actually my favorite. I don't nothing about, you know, go get it, but that's my favorite on that album. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great one. A lot. We get a lot of requests for that one. I always forget the words on stage though. <laughs> you know, I'll tell, I'll tell you, Joe, um, you know, Jamie and I, you know, Jamie's been in the wedding industry, been DJing weddings since the late eighties. I've been DJing weddings since the early nineties. Um, we're always looking for something new for cocktail hour, to be honest, because we can only hear so much the same thing over and over. We, we're always looking for something new, and we definitely will have you in our repertoire for cocktail hour oh, going man. forward, because <laughs> we're always looking for something new. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, Mike, uh, Jamie. Yeah, we got uh, a few more people joining the party. Yeah, we do. These are the these are the guys that we were gonna. They're gonna share a little bit about what's uh, what's happening behind the scenes in the uh, in the digital activation of Joe Lewis. So you wanna? Well, can we, uh, Joe? Can you hang on for a little bit? Yeah. Yep. And, and Charles, uh, just a second here. Joe. So let me do the intros, and then Jamie, you guys can sure get up here. Yeah. So uh, John and and Martin uh, Marty. Uh, wait, I'm gonna hit John. I think he doesn't have his video on. Asked to start video and unmute. There he is. So, uh, you know, as I said earlier, one of the things that we're 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 doing here with Joe Lewis Bourbon that's um, you know that you might not see, but uh, you know, I, we're really doing a lot of social digital efforts to get you know to get the word out to people, and really we're relying on that. It's it's user generated content. There's John Scatina, hey, Johnny Scatina here. Beautiful thing. There's it is a beautiful thing. All right, we got we got to give him a cameo in a minute, but so. Um, <laughs> So it sounds like if you ever so you remember that anyone ever see singing in the rain, the movie, and there's the thing where the guy says, "Well, you know, these guys have been calling me and coming to my office for some time now, and well, let's just take a look at what this is." <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we're going to let them take a look. Uh, so, Mark, uh, John, are you there? I'm here. All right, not, not you, John Scatina. Another John. John. I'm Good looking John. for John from there. He is. I got to unmute him. All right, so John, uh, John's with a, uh, and Marty, they're with a group called Dynadmic in New York City. And, and so Marty, like I said, so there's a guy. He's been calling me, coming into my office for some time now, and, and said, hey, here's something new. What about this? So what did, what, did you, what did you pitch me on it? What are we doing? I'm the guy. So basically uh, what we've done is we've taken the story ads that you guys are used to on Facebook, on Instagram, um, all the stories that you can click through and you can, you know, go back and forth and visit websites through it and all that kind of thing. And we've taken that format and we've actually put it onto the web. So now when you're on CNN, you're on Fox, you're on Forbes, anything, you're on ESPN, you're browsing through your web on your phone um, on these websites, you can see this story from Instagram, from Facebook. 
it'll pop up on the website and you're able to interact with it just like you would. All this kind of stuff. You're able to interact with the ad. Click. So with Joe Lewis Bourbon, you're able to click on the ad. Where's Joe? Here's Joe. It'll bring you to the Joe Lewis Bourbon site. Um, and it'll show you the locations um, right now in around Detroit and Michigan. And it can say, uh, you know, this is how close you are to the liquor store. Head over there. Give them a call um, and uh, kind of take it from there. Yeah, Mike, am I good to go ahead and uh, give an example here? Go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just uh, It sounds go interesting. There we go. Hi, it's incredible. Yeah, can you see here? What was here? Yeah. Awesome. Let me make sure we're good here. All right. Awesome. Yeah, so just like Marty said, um, it's really just uh, trying to take advantage of um, where we're at and, uh, you know, awareness advertising and branding. So more and more, you know, the name of the game really is to, uh, you know, not only just to, you know, get your name value out there, but have someone actually engaging with your ad. So, you know, and when you're on social media, you know, you're typically clicking, you see a lot of younger audience, you know, uh, clicking through stories uh, and sort of uh, letting that partial bit of a story peak and wet that curiosity and let you uh, progress through a story. So here's a real example of the uh, Joe Lewis bourbon campaign. So a person scrolling through an article. Yeah, and they, <laughs> <laughs> and they did a really good job with the creative here. So you can see, you know, showing, you know, the store locations. And as you are uh, just like a, with an actual story, you know, you're getting bits and pieces of a story. It's making you want to click through uh, and you're actually engaging with the content. So even if you don't click through, you know, you're getting bits and pieces of pertinent information, getting that name value, that name recognition out there. Now, the, um, con- John, the concept even looks like it's just someone's looking at their phone. Exactly. Uh, yes. this. That, so that's, that's, for that, nope. yeah, exactly right. This is this is available only for mobile web. Um, so with our demo, obviously we're on computers right now. So when you see it, it's cut to the phone shape. Um, but again, this okay. demos um, or this uh, new ad format is only available on mobile web. So it's only when you're on your phones and you're looking at these websites that'll come up, and that's then it'll fit perfectly within the screen. That's amazing. And so it's real natural, real uh, you know uh, familiar when it comes to the touch of progression through the ad, and then. Someone's ready to go ahead and click through. Uh, it will bring you right to that redirection link. Um, see here. Yep. Just there so you can is. find out more about Joe's, uh, Joe's, uh, Joe Lewis's uh, whiskey here. So it's pretty cool, and we're going to see. Uh, we with this. This started uh, Monday. Exactly. Today is Tuesday, so yesterday. So uh, you know it'll be interesting. But these are the kind of things, and this is being served up to uh, you know devices that are in the areas where there are stores that are carrying. Uh, the product. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. We've been able to uh, take a list uh, from Michael of all the zip codes where the, um, you know, the liquor stores are in and around and we can build out a radius, you know, around these uh, liquor stores and kind of say, these are the zip codes we're going to target. So anyone fitting within these zip codes on their phones, engaging in the content that we've deemed uh, fit for Joe Lewis bourbon, mm-hmm. um, they'll be served this ad and then they'll ultimately be able to go through, interact with the ad and then click visit the website and find out, the closest spot to get the bourbon. So pretty soon we're going to have to do one for, uh, you know, Joe Branston, right? <laughs> yes. That comes up. Joe, Joe meets Joe. It'll be the, the story. All right, guys, thank you. That was, I appreciate you guys jumping in here and sharing a little bit of the That's making sweet. of the sausages, but it's cool. It's cool stuff. So what do you guys think? I mean, you, you know, you, um, Jamie, Matt, you guys are the audience, right? 
Charles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as your, I think uh, that's great. I think it's. I just learned a lot just from watching that. I think that's a, it's, it's awesome that you can click on it and say where's, you know, the whole advertising really is seamless with each other. Like where's Joe? Mm-hmm. Drawing them into like where the location for them to get it is you know, one smooth, quick method. I think it's great. John and Marty, thank you guys. Thanks so much for having us, Michael. We're yeah, looking forward to results. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I am I am a novice when it comes to the bourbon and everything, self-proclaimed and you know, technology wise, that went so that, that went so right here over my head. It is amazing <laughs> that that it's like that that you guys can, you can do that for the Joe Lewis guys. And thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for your work. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks <laughs> okay. for talking to you soon. Yeah. Yep. So so Joe Granston, what do you think? Campaign on the next album? Yeah, I think so. I think so. You're sitting it. next to John Scatina, so see if he can negotiate for a media budget. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, man. I think it's – I'm on my second one now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you can make sure he's on his second one if you're negotiating for a media budget. He's on his third. Good move. Johnny's from – hey, those your Detroit friends over there, man. This guy's from Pittsburgh. Oh. But he's not too far from me. He's a he's – a, He's a Pittsburgh guy. Uh, so, uh, so uh, born and raised in uh, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh area? Or? Yes, yes. That bourbon is great. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the original uh, Joe Louis bourbon was distilled in Pennsylvania, was it not? Wow. Yes. Uh, well, it, it was distilled in uh, – the company was based in, in – the company was based in, but in, in uh, Philadelphia, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. But, um, but the distilling was in uh, – Kentucky, Kentucky, Kentucky. 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 Yes. Hey, Michael. Yeah. Can I um? I got to make a quick phone call to my to my wife at home. Can I leave Johnny on for a second? I'll yeah. be right back. You trust him? I trust him. I trust. Him. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll be right back, fellas. Well, actually, you guys should. You know, Johnny. You, you, you know, Matt and, and Jamie. You got a you got a guy here who's who's got decades and decades of of up close personal knowledge of jazz. I mean, ask him. Well, I don't mean you can ask him. Yeah, that's uh, so Cafe Two Ninety, John. That that's uh, that's your place. Yes. All right. So tell us a little bit about uh, Cafe Two Ninety. How did you How did you come from Pennsylvania to uh, a club there in Atlanta? Well, I mean, it's been like uh, thirty years ago, and I just made my way down to Atlanta and found this spot and thought it could be a great jazz club. And there was so so much uh, so much talent in Atlanta that I thought, well, this would be great to showcase the talent in Atlanta, and then also bring in some national acts to keep jazz and, and build it in the Atlanta area. So, who would who do you think were the biggest names that you've had besides Joe? Well, the biggest names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I had we had Spyro Gyra play here. We had. Uh, um, uh, so many people visit. I mean, Earl Klug, you know, just so many. Uh, but visitors, uh, Clint Eastwood's a big fan. Natalie Cole, wasn't she? Natalie Cole, Kenny G. I was there one night when Jennifer Holiday got up oh, and sang. Yeah, Jennifer, it was, she was fabulous. Just did yeah. a great job. Yeah. So how, how long is, uh, has the Cafe 290 been there in, in, in that? You said a couple decades now, right? Yeah, it's it, uh, over it, 30 years. Wow. 
The long, can't, long run. Can't you tell by the ceiling tiles? That is, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so Cafe Two Ninety is it? Is it strictly uh, you know cocktails? Is it? Is it a dinner establishment? What uh, What's going on at uh, Two Ninety? It's it's a jazz scene with uh, like a supper club. Okay, where you can have a great dinner, great booze, and uh, and listen to phenomenal music. How do you? It's, how- how do you find the bands to 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 play there? What what do you look for in a band or performer um, when you when you're picking them to 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 play in your place? Well, you know, I for some reason I've been very blessed, and I started to attract the best talent in Atlanta right from the beginning, hmm. and so that just played on itself and just continued. And when big stars come in town to play at the local arenas, they decided to come here after their performances. And so uh, that's the way I would get so many great players. You know, a lot of the guys uh, and girls who play in Joe's big band, um, you know, their real day jobs are touring with some of these big names. And, and I think the history, I mean, Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, the real, the, the, the opportunity that you saw was Monday nights are kind of a, a dark night for a lot of performers, especially those that are, he just went away, uh, that are, that are coming, uh, you know, through town. I, I guess. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so you, you it's certainly been incredible. Yeah. Your video went away. I don't know. Is there a reason for that? I think he's got a phone call. There we go. We're back. We're back. Okay. We're back. We're back. Um, so are you on his you want to show us the, how you set up the stage for the for the safe? Uh... Well, I'll let Joe do that. He's going to be back in just a second. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, John, what, what's on the next? What's on the horizon for uh, Cafe Two Ninety? You know, what, what does the next five six years look like after this pandemic and COVID is all over? Well, that's that's one thing we're thinking about every day. What do we do next? Mm-hmm. It's hard to figure out because of the spacing and. Uh, as tonight, well, I mean, how we set up for this show Saturday, everybody's so far apart, it would be hard to get an audience. Yeah. You know, yeah. it wouldn't be the same setting. So we just have to figure all this out. Sure. And uh, I'm sure we will. Any news hey. uh, in Georgia about uh, when you can uh, start having folks back in for dinner and a show? Is it, uh, are, we, are we talking June 1st or is it still up in the air? Still up in the air a little bit because. Uh, even though we'll be able to open up, mm-hmm. it's a matter of how do we set up for for a band and yeah. an audience. Right. That that's going to be pretty tricky. Mm-hmm. Sounds like uh, Joe. It sounds like Joe on a bar stool belting him out by himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's a shame because one of the things that makes that venue uh, really what it is is you're it's it, you're you're jammed in there in a good way. Uh, you know, it's, you're feeling like it's intimate. Now, I remember I brought my uh, my brother who lives in Miami. We went earlier in the year, and I always have a habit of texting John at like with zero hours notice to say, hey, John, I'm coming in tonight. Can I get a good table? Uh, and uh, so we got the table that's literally the table that Joe puts his drink on when he's performing. So we're like, you know, within under the spit <laughs> of the thing. But you know what? There's something about that. There's something about how you can get so intimate, you know, literally sitting at the edge of the front of the stage. And 
and and it's pretty it's a pretty special space for me to bring people over the years, and I don't even own it. <laughs> so maybe uh, I should maybe I should by now if I if I tally up all the bar tabs. <laughs> uh, so a thir- thirty year run for uh, a, a restaurant that's uh, that's pretty uh, a club uh, that's pretty amazing. Um, it's kind of unprecedented. It's uh, not a lot of clubs can uh, venues <coughs> run that long. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. What did you do? Um, a, a space like that in Pennsylvania before you came. What did you do before two ninety? Before you came to Atlanta? Well, I've always been a music lover. My grandfather, who's from Italy, had a little jazz club in Pittsburgh, and so I grew up around that scene. You know the. The stage was behind the bar with the four or five pieces and white dinner jackets and a bow tie. This is what we need. Come on, John. Tell me about your childhood. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So I I was up there maybe 13 singing a few songs. And uh, so I really got inspired uh, of how great the music is. And uh, so I've always been a music lover. Mm. And uh, that's what inspired me. All right. So it was it did you have uh, an establishment in, in Pittsburgh before you you went to Atlanta or was 290 your first venture? No, this was my first uh live music venture. Okay. And uh, uh like I said I I was blessed from the beginning. In fact, uh, one day I got a knock on the door and uh, it was Tyler Perry. Okay. And he was just beginning to do his first play. Mhm. And he came to me and he said, uh, I was told to see you. He said, I understand you've got all the, all the great musicians in Atlanta playing here. And I said, yeah, we do. He said, well, I need musicians. Because <laughs> I'm doing my first play. And uh, make a long story short, he, he, he got all of my musicians for his first play. Uh. And he got his music director from me, Ronnie Garrett, who is still his music director today. and. Uh, this is just an incredible story. Um, I don't know what I was doing all those years, but he, he became so successful. <laughs> I wonder, what was I doing? You, know? yeah. you were running Johnny's bar. Yeah. Right. Right. So John, this was your first, uh, your first partake of the Joe Lewis bourbon. And, you know, if, I, I would love to hear what you have, what you think about the Joe Lewis bourbon. Cause I'm sure you've tasted a lot yourself. Uh, you know, where do your notes fall? Where do your flavor notes fall with the Joe Louis bourbon? Well, I think it's, I think it's fabulous. Um, we just started drinking it tonight yeah. and I can't stop drinking it. <laughs> so that's a good <laughs> sign. And, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's very smooth. It's got a great taste mm-hmm. and, uh, a great looking bottle. The bottle's attractive. I mean, it's, it's got all, it, it, it should be a big hit. It's, it, they're working their way very quickly in that regard already, aren't we, Mike? We're making it happen. Thanks to all of you yeah. for talking about it <laughs> and appreciating uh, it. So uh, any sign of Mr. Granston or is he? Uh, I, yeah, I'm waiting for him to come back. Did he get, he did right he get, booked, did he get booked in another venue? Yeah. No, he, he's on his way. There he is. There he is. There he is. He's yeah. back. Ladies and gentlemen, Joe Granston. I was doing push-ups. You did. By the way, he's wearing the T-shirt. I just noticed. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Not yeah. bad, huh? Yeah, not bad. Uh, what I miss? 
Oh, we were just, uh, no, we were just uh, John's John, uh, John was talking about the new band that he's bringing in on first and third Mondays. Yeah, Joe, we heard, we heard all about his childhood. You you missed it all. Man. You really did. Uh, oh, yeah. it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's been around oh. a long time. So, <laughs> Joe, you think we could uh, entice you to uh, share a tune with us? Yeah, you want to hear a little trumpet? Yeah. Yeah. For, as a brass guy personally, absolutely. Oh, let's see. How about the blues? Go for it. Yeah. makes you play <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> that's what it is if only we could bottle that uh. <laughs> i'm gonna have a little bit more yeah. you should you should all right so, so joe yeah, it's uh, said, yeah the first and th- first and third mondays uh there at the cafe 290 when things are up and running that's the the general schedule for you is that what yeah I mean? this is uh you know, I, I play all over town and I travel a lot, but this is our, this is our home base. Mm-hmm. Cafe 290 has been the home base to, to my band and a lot of bands and a lot of musicians for, for many, many years. It's it's probably one of the longest running. Getting in with the bands. John was here. His hair was just as black as it is now. <laughs> I don't know how he did it. His teeth were just Send as white. Through the jeans, yeah. Boy, his hair's been black for forty-eight years. It's a beautiful thing. But <laughs> but it's uh it's it's an iconic club, and and uh, if it wasn't if it wasn't for him taking a shot on my big band, um, I would never be making forty-eight hundred dollars a year like I am now. You know, <laughs> <everything I> <laughs> So generally, no, it's, it's when when you're playing out, generally is it is it how big is the the piece the how big how big of a piece uh, group are you playing with when you're playing out? The majority of my gigs are with my um, five piece band. Okay, uh, we do a lot of corporate parties, a lot of concerts, a lot of uh, in house concerts, um, uh, jazz clubs, and then I do a couple um, gigs with them, just my piano player. We have a really nice show we put together. His name is Kenny Banks. Uh, and then there's a there's a good portion with the big band. Uh, this past year, before before COVID hit us, the band was working like crazy, which is unheard of for a band that size. You know, I mean, you got to pay 16 musicians plus myself. You got to pay sound men. You got to pay setup crew. Um, but but the you know the economy felt strong, 
and the calls were coming in from everything. Your December, from- your December this year was off the charts. And you had you had Francine Reed in for how many shows? Yeah, she did twelve shows with us. We had thirty two gigs in December. Wow, which was crazy. And now I'm looking at this coming December, and I have about twenty eight gigs already scheduled and deposits paid, and I've already I've already seen those cut in half by people already canceling. Yeah. Assuming that by then we may not be at a point where we, we could all, you know, be together. So yeah. it's a little, it's a, it's very disheartening for sure. So yeah, I, I DJ weddings and stuff here in the, in, in the city of Detroit. And, uh, uh, one of the other DJs that I work with yeah. had her wedding in December and it, uh, it got canceled. The city, there's a, a city that's uh, having a little bit of trouble and they had a big outbreak in the city of Southfield here. And, uh, uh, they, they, they closed down all like venues like you know halls and and all bars restaurants halls anything with uh groups uh they're closed through through 2020 uh so her wedding got got jacked uh because that's that particular city's having a hard time uh my my weddings that i'm doing starting wow. in august are still good uh but i've had several in, in you know this month yeah. and then june and july have been postponed and changed it's just crazy it's wild so i can't wait for things to get back to normal because uh Matt, we got a ton of road trips we got to do. We got to head on down to Atlanta. We, we need to pay for some of these road trips. We got to get down to Atlanta. We got to yeah. get up north. We have a lot of traveling to do, my friend. Yeah, we, do, we, do. we do. Yeah, we got to we got to wave that Joe Lewis uh, uh, flag and get you some paying gigs. We got to get the, the yeah. Joe Lewis yeah. uh, the Joe Lewis tour bus. Matt and I all running around the country. That's right. It's a big. It's a big, it's a big fist. <laughs> it looks like the Oscar Wiener mobile. <laughs> That's a big fist. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> oh so God. we should. Awesome. Uh, we should. I want to ask one question while Johnny's there. Johnny, can we try one night uh, to do uh, a, a a Monday Zoom with all the musicians? Right. They don't even have to be in the club. They could be in different places. Right. Right. I should talk to Joe about that. Do you want to do that? <laughs> You mean you mean performing or, or just talking yeah, and trying performing, performing. Yeah. Do a do a concert and promote it and have people pay, you know, support the band, support Cafe Two Ninety, you know, do it and it's like a special, you know, maybe it's a forty five minute something where you very far apart. It might be easier to just do it here at the club and yeah. just shoot it. Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, well, well, Saturday night, you're doing Saturday night at eight, right? From the club. Is that what everyone Yeah, is? and that's our first one. If it goes well, we're going to do more. So we might as well. Yeah. Let's, let's do yeah. one and, and, and get Joe Lewis Bourbon at the top. Yeah. Top of the no, zero, no audience at all, right? Or some audience. No. Well, I mean, you could come. I mean, a couple of people would be here helping and, and helping with the videography. But at this point, we're, we can't charge a ticket and let people come in. Right. You know? right. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think I'm going to be a viewer and I'll help you. We'll we'll get the word out. And John, you know, John Scatina, you know that everyone needs to know about your club and the fact that you're not open, but you can still make people tap their toes. Yeah. Oh, that's great, Michael. Mm-hmm. When that when the uh, when you guys are performing, once you have the everything rolling on the on Facebook and Zoom, you know, please let us know so we can again get it back out there, get watch parties going for you guys, so we can just get the word out and get. Uh, Hopefully, get, make make you guys a couple more dollars. Keep that place rolling. That's Fair? great, man. My, I know Michael will help with that, but yeah, we we definitely need we need we need help for this place. We'll get the word yeah. out there for sure. Yeah, 
Uh, is, there, right. is there a website for uh, Cafe 290? And uh, Joe, do you have a website for you and your band? Yeah, Cafe290Atlanta.com. Um, and mine is Joe Gransden, G-R-A-N-S-D-E-N.com. Right. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And on Instagram, uh, Cafe 290 is at Cafe290ATL. And Joe is at Joe Granston Trumpet. All right. All right. Yeah, we'll push yeah, all that you. stuff out for sure. Uh, God, man, that's an hour, an hour's gone, man. I can't believe it. What? I that's know. what happens. I know. You guys do this every week? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do this oh, every Tuesday. Yeah. This is great. Twice man. on Sunday. <laughs> that's a true statement my friend (laughs) i love it hey jamie matt and charles uh thank you guys from joe lewis bourbon for me from joe lewis bourbon and and you know joe and johnny thank you guys for me and um you know let's keep it going we didn't know when we started this how long it was going to go i think we'll be doing it till you know we retire it is the way we end the the happy hour gentlemen it's cheers. cheers cheers Thank Cheers. you very much. Thank uh, you. All right, fellas. Thank you, gentlemen. See you next Tuesday. You we'll see you again on Thursday for Bourbon Unboxing on Joe Lewis Bourbon.